Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. We are coming to you live from the nation's capital where the Barton University Bellas are performing for the President of the United States on his birthday. I came in like a rising Oh no, she has no underwear on. We have a commando situation. She's turning. Brace yourself. She's coming, she's coming. singer gave the president a birthday gift from down under. The Bellas are suspended. You're being replaced by the European champions. We are the sound machine. How are we gonna compete with them? I'm not supposed to have any ideas. I'm the hot one. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm the hot one. If we win the world championships, will you reinstate us? If you win it. Oh, Bart and Bellas. You are so tiny. We're gonna kick your ass. Your team is like a, how do you say that? A, a heated mess. A mess where heat is applied to it. So what once was a little messy is now even messier. Never cross a big button that smiles at girl is poison. Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? We just came from a screening of Pitch Perfect 2, and what'd you think? It was a special sneak preview, and they had, what, seven theaters showing Pitch Perfect 2 simultaneously, and I have not been in a sea of girls that big since ever. (laughs) I'm thinking that was a record for me. And I'm pretty sure we were seen next to the only adult male in the whole theater. Right. We that that could be true. But forget the theater. What was happening on the screen was what was so exciting. And I did not anticipate liking it. It's not my it's not my genre. It's not in my sweet spot. And from the opening, you just have to start laughing, even though you don't want to, because it is so irreverent to any single thing that is politically incorrect, but in a way that isn't offensive. It just makes you laugh at yourself and everybody around you. Did you agree? I thought the opening was very strong. The musical numbers are definitely the strength of this movie. And the acting. Um, it's got some actors in it whom I love. I think Elizabeth Banks is very funny. So I was very glad that she was one of the um, commentators there mm-hmm. from the National Acapella Society. Um, and Elizabeth Banks, we should say, just right out of the shoot. She directed it, she, she produced did. it, and she acted in she it. She directed it because she wasn't sure it was going to get made unless she did, and she did a great job. But the real star of this, I think, is the same person who was the star in the first one, aside, I will say, from Anna Kendrick, and that is Rebel Wilson. Rebel and Wilson does a great she job. She does an amazing great, job. Great and when job. she comes in, we're not going to do a lot of spoilers, she comes in and in the beginning... Um, to the tune of Like a Wrecking Ball. And I had to laugh thinking of Anne Hathaway doing that spoof uh, that she did a couple of weeks ago. But it is an, it's an amazing moment. It's very funny. For anyone who likes the TV show Glee, if you consider yourself a Gleek, of course you've probably already found Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2. Um, and Anna Kendrick, I have to say, she was in one of my favorite all-time movie scenes ever. Do you want to guess what it was? Um, Anna Kendrick was? Yep. Nominated for an Oscar for this role. She was nominated for an Oscar? Yep. And uh, rightly must have been so. Rel- relatively recently. What, yep. what, what is it? <laughs> um, in Up in the Air. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. This, wonderful, wonderful, yes. wonderful. The scene where she is talking to Vera Farmiga and George Clooney has got to be one of the funniest scenes and I've I will ever say seen. it's such a... Di- I love to see an actor who can do 
many different roles rather than the same role over and over again. And she can sing. That girl can sing. And again, this yeah. is one of those things where yeah. you realize these actors are so talented. And and also, you know, kudos to Elizabeth Banks because she was highly involved, from what I understand, in the terms of selecting the music, in terms of thinking about choreography. This is a tough movie to direct. Any musical, you're taking on a lot in terms of timing and making sure it's funny, but not going over the top. You know, she plays the, the I think the best parts in the entire movie are when she and um, John, John, Michael yeah, John Michael Higgins are there commentating uh, the performances and they are so funny. And John Michael Higgins, everybody will remember, he played the same role in Best of Show and he was great in that. But I'm looking at her thinking, I've seen her somewhere before. I've seen her somewhere mm-hmm. before. And then it was like, oh my God, she's Effie. And from the Hunger Games, of right, course. Well, everybody knows who it is oh. from. Hello. Okay, but also she played Marcella Howard in Sea Biscuit, and she—it's the wife of—and um, she—it is such a different part. All three of those parts call for such different attributes uh, from an actor. She's really, really good, and she can direct. Not an easy film to direct, by the Not way. Not an easy film yeah. to direct, and yes, Elizabeth Banks, she reminds me a little bit of Julie Bowen, who I also love, and I think has great comedic timing. And Elizabeth Banks, she's um, she's got a lot of dramatic training, and she said that one of the parts she would have loved to have played, but nobody called, was Gone Girl. And I could see the part played by Rosamund Pike. I, I think she would have been terrific. Now, the plot, um, by the way, you can figure out the plot within was the first... Was there a plot? <laughs> I was just going to say. Well, you can figure out the plot in the first five minutes, and the plot doesn't matter, because it's a series of one-liners and swift musical numbers, and that entertains you through the entire hour and a half. But here's the thing. It is a good movie for girls. The, the last performance by the Bellas... I have to say, if my daughter were 11 again, I would take her and I would film it in the theater and I'd make her watch it every day on the way home from school. I'm hoping, you know how you see on YouTube and everything, cars where inside the cars the girls are dancing and singing the words to these great songs. Mm -hmm. That's a song you want playing in your daughter's head over and over and over again. So if you have a child, you know, a young girl, definitely take her to it. And Now, I know I'm going to sound like a dinosaur, but... I realize that in this millennium, um, the humor, once the FCC lifted some of the limitations on words people could use or topics you could discuss, I thought the humor, um, it didn't need to, there didn't need to be bad words in the movie and there didn't need to be so many references to body parts when I thought it was so funny, the actor's physicality, their ability to dance and sing. Um, It could have been a PG movie and it would not have lost any of its magic to me. I don't know. I think, I think there's a piece of our culture now that's trying to make body part conversation no longer taboo. I didn't, it did bother me a bit. But was it funny? Yeah, it was. See, you know, because it has a taboo, like we don't say those things in public. I don't think it has a taboo in Hollywood. I think it's overdone. No, what I'm saying is because what you're saying, did it belong in the movie? Yeah, it's part of everyday conversation for that crowd. And I don't know that... Which crowd? Small girls? Yeah, yeah, actually, I think they are much more comfortable with words that used to be words we didn't use. I find that a little sad. Yeah, I don't... Frankly, I find it freeing. Like, I wish I hadn't... You know, if you're embarrassed to say the word vagina... But would you comment on someone else's? 
Yeah, they do. Because but you know what? Would you? Well, would I? I? No, because I'm from a different generation. But you comment on uh, you comment on a bunch of other body parts. No, I don't really. Well, that girl called herself fat somebody or other. I can't remember her name. I found but that a little depressing. Yeah, I didn't love that. And I wondered, I couldn't help but wonder if she could change roles with anybody else on that set. Would she have? You know, that, you know I definitely know what you're talking about. But I do think the freedom of not making words, you know, we don't talk about, you know, or what was it when, when, uh, when um gail king and and oprah used to refer to it as the the jj and then somebody came on the show and explained to her why that was not a good thing to do for young girls the words should be able to roll off their mouth the way any I other don't think so yeah. i think generations and golden eras of hollywood yeah. got through well, without it and we movies were still yeah, magical everybody. well some people feel like you do and some people feel like i do for me i wish i i wish it were you know, I wish I were less uptight about things like that. So it, I, it's nice to see the it's, next generation. I don't generation. find myself being rigid about it. I just think it's it's a cheap shot that everyone takes because they either feel compelled or they think they have to or they can. But what blew me away was the ability of these actors to dance and sing and perform <laughs> Are together. Are changing the subject? <laughs> well, the thing is, when that gets such a positive feedback from the audience, and it, it is in this world where shows like Glee and shows like American Idol, people love to see true talent. Yeah, I think that there it, there's a sexuality that's much more open, whether you like it or not. But what's ironic to me is that the movie isn't sexual. There are love interests, but nobody is playing the field. People seem very committed to who they like. Um, there's not well, any... Well, there isn't... There really There isn't. might have been two kisses in this movie, yeah, and which, yet very... Which is, but which is why it's even better, because it's not sexual. It's just a body part. They're just saying a body part. And it was appropriate, because at the beginning, when all this happens, and again, it's in the trailer, so we're not giving anything away, when her, her, pants, her, her pants rip, and she's not wearing any underwear, and everything's exposed. And that's when the general body part conversation took place. It wasn't a sex thing. It was just a body part that was exposed that was gross to them because of the way it was uh, done. But yeah. As we're talking about the, the beginning, um, let me ask you this. Um, they cut, they say the president is watching this performance where um, Rebel Wilson's character um, you know, has this terrible wardrobe malfunction. And they actually cut to footage of the Obamas. And do you know where they were? They must have been at the Kennedy Center. They were. It was the Kennedy Center Honors, and it was, I think, two years ago, because I remember her dress. And I'm wanting to know who cleared that footage. Oh, um, somebody did. Probably and the so, Kennedy Center. Um, and the Obamas, I guess, do you think they wanted to see Final Cut before they agreed to no, have I their likenesses in it? No, I think they think about it. it, yeah. Has it ever been done before? Uh, yeah, he's in, he's been, the footage of the president's been in many things, a lot of television. As though they were at an event? Yeah, a, a lot of television did it. A lot of television has done it. Um, yes, he's been. Uh, you real know, presidents. Well, not only that, he's this president has done things that no president, other future presidents will, because the times have changed. Everything's entertainment. Well, I don't think it, it. It just didn't bother me. You know, I mean, it was obvious that he wasn't really there. At, you know, he, they didn't go and sit in the studio and do that. I mean, it was the whole thing was a parody, and so as a parody, if it had seriously made it pretend that he was really there, but the whole thing was a joke. You know, there was nothing that was supposed to be real about it. So as a parody, it didn't bother me a bit. You know, absolutely not. Well, I thought it, it um, towed the line very well, where it never felt like a spoof. Because, again, the quality of the music was oh, see, so I thought good. it felt like a spoof through the whole well, thing. Well, it felt like it was tongue-in-cheek, for sure. I thought it was a spoof. I did. A spoof of... 
the, you know, the ridiculousness of the absurdity of how important things like this are to people sometimes. Uh, the spoof, I, I thought the whole thing, you know, she, she actually gets a job as an intern at a record producer. So I thought that entire, every single thing that took place there to me was a spoof. Um, I thought it was spoofy. I, I suppose when I use the word spoof, I mean that it, it goes even more overboard, where you end up in Will Ferrell territory. Yeah, I felt like it was certainly close to there. But also, it, those were female parts, and so maybe... Well, not the music producer. Uh, no, but he was, a, he, was a, he was... He was a noun at some points, but also she was a noun too in it. But I thought it was, I thought the whole thing was a spoof. I thought it, the wrecking ball coming in on that, the wreck, when, when, um, who sang wrecking ball when she first, oh, uh, Miley Cyrus, when she did that two years ago, it was huge for this group. Okay. It was a total spoof on that when she came down on the wrecking ball singing, uh, you know, I'm a wrecking ball. I mean, all, I, I thought from beginning to end, it was a total spoof. To me, it was. Yeah. yeah to me, I guess it just doesn't go to the extreme of a show like Soap Dish. When I look back on this, I won't remember performing and competing. I'm going to remember you weirdos. Me too. Me too. Me too. Guys, there's going to be some haters out there. They're going to look at us, Team USA, and be like, why is the most talented one Australian? These girls have broken down every single barrier in their path. What an inspiration to girls all over the country who are too ugly to be cheerleaders. The acapella number they do at the end, it was very stomp-like. But yeah. I thought the moral of that was so good that when you actually return to musical roots and it's not about the show and it's not about the special effects and it's truly about the musicality, and coming together as a group, I thought that was a terrific message. You know, I went to Mamma Mia with the same trepidation that I went to go to see this. And I really enjoyed Mamma Mia also, you know, which was a total musical where, you know, there was very little dialogue in it at all. And um, so what I decided is it's really not a movie. It's really going to entertainment that sort of sort of has a catch between the different scenes because I didn't count them, but I think there were more than 20 different songs in the movie. There Is that possible? Been. And you I can see too? why, because yeah. after the first one where they had a hit single and it was yeah. hugely profitable yep. and music sales are just spawned yep. by something yep. like this, but I think it really lends itself to a big screen right. to watch a musical spectacle. So, but it, it thank you. You know what? It, this was not a movie. It was a spectacle mm -hmm. and the plot you knew from the beginning, you didn't care. You weren't there for the plot. You were there to see the next number and to laugh at one liners. So it was almost like, a comedy routine with music in between. And the plot was the reliable formula right. where you've got a team, they're in a competition, they've been unfairly kicked out of the competition, and they've got to prove their worth and come back. It's Now, we know. can tell you that everybody there, since, you know, we, we actually didn't see uh, Pitch Perfect 1, but everybody there coming out said they liked it better. So if you have seen Pitch Perfect 1 and you're one of those people, the woman in front of us, a lawyer there with her young son, said she had gone to see Pitch Perfect 1. She's seen it. She I can't remember how many times she went to see it, but she's seen it more than 20 times, she said. It's she, interesting she brought her small son. I know. She brought her small son. She'd seen it more than 20 times and she couldn't wait to see it. And she told us, as we also heard, we were listening to the conversation on the way out, 
most people there said they liked it better than Pitch Perfect 1. So maybe it's even stronger. And they came out with high expectations. Uh -huh. If you loved the 1, you're going to love the 2 and you're going to want to go more than once. Talk, oh, you're gonna miss me when